Welcome back to Marvel News Desk, your best place to keep up with all the latest news, reviews, and speculation concerning Marvel films and TV shows. We're back again with another episode because we had so much good news this week. We've got Rhiannon, we've got Adam, we've got me, uh, I'm Caleb, and guys, how are you doing on this fine Saturday afternoon? Doing good. Doing good. It's nice that this is just like the middle of the day, like leisurely got up, not exhausted from our days. <laughs> We, we, we were supposed to record earlier this week, and I just called in dead. So Now, Rhiannon, did you keep up with any of the toy news yesterday out of Hasbro? I did not. So they revealed that one of their new lines is going to be a mostly Into the Spider-Verse line. But the Build-A-Figure, which I think you're familiar with, right, where you get the little parts. Yeah. Like, the Build-A-Figure is Stiltman. <gasps> oh, it gets better. Oh, my God. And the legs all come with one figure, and if you buy multiples, they just keep stacking. So you could make a six foot, eight foot tall stilt man if you really wanted to. Oh my gosh. And the legs are in a hand ninja figure. They did that so that, you know, usually if you had to buy like six or eight or ten figures to make a tall stilt man, you'd hate it. But this way, it's it's an, a hand ninja. So like, there's people that like to build like armies of those kinds of characters. So you could buy 10 hand ninjas to be able to do your daredevil versus the hand scene and have an extra tall stilt man. And it all goes together. Wow. I will probably never buy that stuff, but I absolutely want all the people that do to tag me in pictures of their stilt. (laughs) Their army of army of (laughs) hand ninjas around his feet. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Like I want to see what you do with your stilt man. (laughs) So just, like, tag me on Twitter or Instagram or whatever, because um, I want to see these little, like, armies of Stiltman. Well, I think we've got four big news stories today. Two of them are trailers, and the other are news. So let's start with some, I guess, good news off the top. We found out yesterday from the trades that there is going to be a new Disney Plus show with Samuel L. Jackson attached to star and at first i think people thought that it was like oh nick fury is going to be in miss marvel or something but they said there's also a head writer of the show that is not the head writer of any of the other shows and as adam has said like the writers rooms are already wrapped for all the other greenlit shows so this is a brand new show adam are you uh excited to have nick fury coming to disney plus um, while it's not by the Mr. Robot guy, it is by a Mr. Robot guy, so hell yeah. Um, it, it's peculiar because nowhere, it doesn't, it explicitly says, it doesn't say, it explicitly doesn't say, um, that it's not Nick Fury, right? It's not like a Nick Fury show. It could be, um... Also, people say Secret Warrior Sword, what have you. Um, so we just know Samuel Jackson's attached, and uh, that's that's pretty much it. What I got thinking, I mean, we really haven't ever dove into that character whatsoever. Um, he's always just kind of pops up for, for the ultimate Easter egg. He's the... Uh, Turk Barrett of the movies. A lot of people are saying <laughs> Secret Invasion, but all three of those S shows have been speculated. So either 
are they all the same? Are they certainly they're not all different? I mean, it's super easy to to I mean, sword and secret invasion is going to run hand in hand, right? But yeah, it's also of interest. Um, who one of the scoopers just had um, stuff about Mace Windu show? Maybe is RPK or or Schuler or someone? It could have been Charles or. The Illuminati too. Someone reported the uh, Mace Windu show, so maybe they assumed it was Mace Windu, and it was actually this. Or Disney's doing a two for one, where it's like, "Hey, listen, can we get can we get a discount? Right. Like, is there a bogo here? Like, if we pay you to do right, one of right, these shows, right. will you do the other one?" And while you're on Pinewood, why don't you just come over to this soundstage for you know a day? And, we'll just bubble you once for some. COVID instead of making you bubble twice. Right. I mean, that's certainly a distinct possibility. We joke about it, but there's there's probably uh, some sort of discount for Disney in a situation like that. Uh, but yeah, I'm hyped, man. Mr. Robot's probably one of the best TV shows ever made. I mean, it's certainly probably on some top ten list. It's nothing I need. Um, I mean, it, it seems... I mean, I'm sure... I mean, like, this is the initial news of a Nick Fury show. I am sure by the time that this is a show that we're seeing a trailer for and know all the details about, it'll be something that I am, that they hype me up for. And there'll be more details to it that make me excited. But like at this point, I don't understand why we're looking back. I mean, like there's so much for them to do going forward, unless this is like something to bring all of these new characters in or if it's something to you know a jumping off more of a jumping off point because we have so many jumping off points coming in the stuff that we already know we're getting i just i don't get it i don't get why we're having this show unless it is like unless they are regrouping and maybe some of these shows you know maybe some of the stuff that that they have on the calendar are going to be big ensemble casts and they think putting it off a year or so will make it easier to film, you know, after there's a COVID vaccine and and that's no longer a concern. Maybe there's they're, they're pivoting to something that requires a smaller cast just to keep television coming. But, um, you know, and yeah, like the, the, that they can make deals with Samuel L. Jackson, the, you know, they can do all of that. But it's nothing that I need. I mean, you guys are all excited about like scroll, you know, the secret secret wars or um sword and all of that and i think that's all interesting but i don't see why it needs to be a nick fury focused show see for me i'm putting together several threads so the one thread is last time we saw nick fury he's on a spaceship full of scrolls right and i feel like captain marvel right well captain marvel and then spider-man um far from home we're working collaboratively to move Nick Fury from like an earth based hero to a guy that's hanging out in a spaceship. Like, I think that was a very intentional movement of his character. And then I think you take all these rumors that they've had that there's going to be a sword show or there's going to be a secret invasion show. Then you take some of the WandaVision stuff, which we'll get to, but sword is being introduced in WandaVision and we have, um, spectrum, Right, coming in as a character in WandaVision, who's a Captain Marvel character. 
And then on top of all of that, uh, you put in the fact that the way this show, as Adam said, the way this show is announced, it's like, hey, it's a show that's going to star Samuel L. Jackson, but we're not calling it Nick Fury. Well, okay, what would it be that would, how could he be the star and it not be Nick Fury? Well, it's because it's really space focused. To me, all that stuff makes it feel like this will be a big prequel show to Captain Marvel 2. And that's been some of the rumors, right? This is an on-ramp to Captain Marvel 2. And what's exciting to me is it's the first time, maybe in the entire MCU, that we're seeing more of a storyline-focused show than a character show. Like, I mean, it's, that's a little both-and, but like Captain America Civil War, they still want to be like, this is a Cap movie that happens to tell the Civil War story. But if this show comes out and they're like, oh, this is the Secret Invasion show. That says, like, we are at a point now where we no longer need an IP to anchor this stuff. We're just happy to give you a story, and that's enough. And if these series stop being, like, because, like, a Hawkeye show is not interesting to me. But if you put the name of, like, a comic storyline out there and then just say Hawkeye is going to be a main protagonist, that's more exciting to me. So the idea of moving to a storyline show than a character show, I think, is really interesting. And that's fascinating to me because I'm kind of the complete opposite. Like, I want... I want shows that are focused on the characters. And I mean, and that's the cool thing oh, about them terrible. having such a broad thing, broad world at this point. But like, to me, a show where I'm actually getting to know the characters and it's not about this huge invasion they have to deal with is what I like about the television side of things. But Adam, you were saying something? No, I just coughed daredevil cough. <laughs> Character driven. Uh, I like, I like character driven. Yeah. Oh, Caleb, you bring up a good point. I don't know, man. They introduce Secret Invasion. It's just going to kind of blow the lid off the whole thing. I mean, we kind of got some of it with Captain Marvel where we're like, well, now that scrolls were in the MCU in 1996, anyone can be a scroll. Is the Iron Man that died in Avengers Endgame actually a scroll? Or is this person a scroll? Or is this person a scroll? So once um, they do Secret Invasion... It just seems more of a uh, event, in-game build-up type thing, rather than, hey, we're going to do a little series, and then it's going to be all over in Captain Marvel 2. But at the same time, I think that's kind of just a personal bias, because I am I see Nick Fury in space, and hope we get um, Original Sin, um, just because I want to see Uatu and... And also, that's a really great comic. Totally underrated. Like, to me, it's... Right, the it's a very good. Most underrated event series that Marvel's done in the last decade. Like, it's really fun, I think. It's very solid, and I think... Uh, I mean, it just makes sense to do something like that. Adapt tones of that instead of um, Secret Invasion. Secret Invasion's just huge. You know, Secret Invasion's almost Secret Wars levels. Not quite, but almost. But I think you can adapt it a different way, where it's almost like a spy movie. And it's not about like them infiltrating the whole Earth. It's more about like one plan to get one scroll infiltrated into one position of power or one character. And then the big reveal of who that is, and like that could be like the cliffhanger that then launches you into Captain Marvel 2. I just want I just want to see like Uatu dead and that's the reason why Thanos was able to do what he was. Somehow he was the one holding 
Thanos back. Uh, I really enjoy. I also want to see Annihilus, which will never happen. But yeah, Nick Fury, man, let's 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 see it. Now, there's a lot of people who are talking about the potential because the way Shield ended, we had you know Daisy out in space, kind of serving as an agent of Sword, uh, and then people are like, "Ooh, maybe this is the way to bring her back on." Rhiannon, do you want to see uh, Quake come back in this kind of way, or no? I mean, I wouldn't hate seeing Quaker Square in space, which, by the way, is my favorite ship name for the two of them. Quaker Square. Um, I know the official ones all went in a different direction, but um, Daisy and Souza in space would be... I, I mean, I would love to see them pop up and be integrated, but I have zero hopes for that actually happening. That's great. That's exactly how I'd say it. I'd love to see it. And, you know, I wouldn't bet that there's no possibility it happens. I just, I think that if your excitement or your pleasure in this show is going to be based on whether Quake shows up or not, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. You know, like, do not, if you're a S.H.I.E.L.D. fan and you're excited about this show, do not go through every episode going, next week they're going to come. Ne- nope. She's going to be less present than, uh, fi- you know, than uh, Fitz was in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, just do not hold out hope, I don't think. You're telling me... Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. ends with Quake and Korra in space, and she's not going to be in a space-based um, sword espionage-type team-up. Uh, we saw on Twitter, man, the hashtag Coulson Lives directly caused Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. to come to fruition, man. And if there is one fandom... In the entire MCU, other than these WandaVision stands that are just all over the place, it's it's Chloe Bennett's group. They will get something done, and I am confident she will be somewhere. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's uh, Earth 616 Quake, or Movie Quality Quake. Or whatever you want to call it. I don't even care about continuity at this point. She's... If anyone comes back, it's it's going to be her. And I'm pretty sure she will at some point. The one thing it's got going for it is Miss Marvel will come out first. And hopefully that show will somehow give us an in- inhuman status quo for the MCU. I cannot wait. So they wait. can fix that. I cannot wait. I might take the whole week off and just watch Twitter the whole week Miss Marvel comes out. Because this Terragenesis and Inhumans thing. Are they, like, they have to make... They have to make Miss Marvel an Inhuman, right? They want to tweak her origin and make her, like, a mutant or just powered, somehow powered by the Tesseract? I mean, it's possible, but that would be crazy disappointing. I mean... I'm also hoping that Eternals helps clean some of that up by the time Miss Marvel comes out, you know, because in the comics, Eternals very explicitly talks about um, how the Eternals basically set forth and created the Inhumans as an option for humanity. And so I could see where there's a very offhand thing in Eternals where they just say there's different species that we kind of seeded in Earth that even people on Earth aren't really aware of yet. And by that, they mean mutants, they mean inhumans, and then they pick up a Miss Marvel, and they somehow can connect it to even just a line of dialogue, you know? 
Icarus and Cersei are showing Kit Harrington through their archives and, and up pops Black Bolt and Medusa and Icarus goes, these are the people's movies we took. Yeah. They were supposed to be us. <laughs> Maybe they could give him a um, a file in an email with a bunch of logos on it, and he just clicks on them, and then you get a 30-second scene of each of those characters. Yes, not even that, just like one frame, just one shot. Anson Mount confirmed. Have you guys seen what they're doing with the comics? They're nearing 50 variant covers for Eternals number one in November. Which December. comes out a whole year before Eternals comes out. <laughs> right. Whoops. Um, <laughs> 50 variant jeepers. I mean, that's crowd. close to what they did for the Fantastic Four relaunch. But that's the freaking Fantastic Four. There's a lot. I mean, I'm not going to get all 50 of them, but I'm hyped to finally, I, hyped to finally see them back. All right, let's get on to our next news, which is sadder news. Uh, the axe has finally fallen. As Adam predicted, they gave us a bunch of exciting news and then hit us in the back of the head with a delay. So at this point, we have had a major shift in all of the movies, well, all the mo- most of the movies. Uh, Black Widow has now been moved to next May, a full year before the original release. Eternals has also been moved to next November, November 2021. So that's a year from its original date. The only good-ish news is that instead of Shang-Chi getting pushed significantly, it's only been pushed back to next July. Um, I've mentioned on Twitter, if you go to my Twitter, you'll see uh, one of the guys that works with Charles Murphy made an awesome little infographic to show like the original like film dates and how they've moved this year around. I feel like that just helps place them. Uh, but now it looks like next year, as it currently stands, we'll get Black Widow in May, Shang-Chi in July, Eternals in November, and Spider-Man at the holidays. Uh, I mean, it is what it is. Do you guys have any thoughts on all this movement? I'm not convinced it'll still make its May release date, but, you know. It's safer than it was in November. Oh, um, you're killing me, man. I think May. I mean, I, I don't hope know. I May. Holy cow. Now. Holy cow. Do you remember us in May. March being like, oh, everybody will be so sick of this stuff, they'll just go back to normal life by November? No, yeah. you said that, like, Kayla. By July. I was like, July will be safe. Um, I have lots of words that were very wrong from the early bit of this. Um, I know that the undercurrent right now is that Broadway and everything will be next fall. Like the live theater stuff. So I think May for movie theaters, while some of them are already a little bit open and all of that, I I think that's fairly, from what we know right now, it seems like safe math. I guess it means Mulan didn't make as much money as you thought. No, that article was bogus. The, to me, as yeah. soon as I saw this news, I was like, oh, that Yahoo article was garbage. Yeah. I mean, that was what, like, my first thought was, like, okay, so the math on Mulan's money did not pan out. Because, um, yeah, that would be awesome if they could just, like, char- I mean, I, I was so hoping Black Widow would just be, you know, a home release and we could go ahead and go there. Um but at least we get some television. I think it also tells me that, uh, I said this on Twitter, Disney is feeling okay about their long-term financial health. Like, 
there were some people who probably were being silly back in April. They're like, oh, with Disney not bringing any revenue, like, what, what's going to happen to this company? Oh, look at all this debt they're taking on. Like, oh, they're in bad trouble. You know, like, like the ship was going down. I think the fact that Disney goes, no, we'll wait till May so that we can make a couple hundred million more suggests that Disney does not see their boat capsizing anytime soon. And they've kind of right, you know, they're, they're financially feeling like they can go a year, an extra year on this movie and still be okay. Wouldn't there be a direct correlation in trying to make stockholders feel more comfortable in a tumultuous situation? Sure. Yeah, I'm interested because their next stock call is October 7th. No, no that's that fake. Incorrect. No? That's very Oh, fake. I thought it was October 7th. It came out and everybody thought it was, and then there was another thing that came out that was like, no, that is not right. Which does, yeah, that doesn't, the company emailed me and, and said um, it was inadvertently posted, but there were graphics made and all of that stuff. So I don't know how you inadvertently post something with custom graphics and, and verbiage specific to the event, but. I thought I got it. I thought I got it off E-Trade. Next earnings date is November 5th. So the next Disney earnings date is November 5th. So I expect to see a major announcement of some sort. <laughs> They'll make people happy on November 5th. They, they pretty much, that's their... I mean, so ripple effects, this probably means Falcon and Winter Soldier is also a May or June release. Let me put it this way. I don't have much insider information, and this could be wrong. I have heard suggestions that they have already been willing to cut some connective tissue out of Disney Plus shows in order to potentially shift their release date order. And so if that's possible for Falcon and Winter Soldier, I bet they'd do it. Then what's the purpose of making these the ultimate connected shows? So help me God, if the Falcon and the Winter Soldier says the incident or some bullshit like that. <laughs> I mean, come on. We'll see. So you're telling me like Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to totally remove all Thunderbolts type stuff just so that's in Black Widow, which is going to be a bigger surprise. Then what are they going to do with all that? I mean, I, I don't know exactly what it means. I just, like I said, I have good reasons to believe that they have been willing to do some rewrites and some reshoots on some different stuff to make the Disney plus shows a little less chronologically impeded due to COVID. And also what, I mean, I realize black widow may give us information stuff. Yeah. I mean, captain Marvel changed the universe while being back in time, but maybe they can also change black widow to not have big reveals or to have different big reveals between now and May. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll see what it is. I just, I think, I think that as much as I would have loved the original plan, Feige's crazy if he doesn't make some concessions to the interconnectedness stuff to allow him to move product. And I think Disney and their interest in keeping Disney Plus successful is going to be putting a lot of pressure on stuff coming out. Uh, the one positive thing about all this, I mean, it stinks that we're not going to have another movie till May. But once May hits, here's the insanity that we're looking at. This is just the movies. So Black Widow will come out in May. And then two months later, Shang-Chi will come out. 
And then four months after that, the Eternals will come out. And then a month after that, Spider-Man 3. And then two months after that, Thor. And then a month after that, Doctor Strange. And then two months after that, Black Panther 2. And then two months after that, Captain Marvel 2. And then there's another date in October that's three months after that that we haven't even had filled yet. Now, that's all based on current status. And for example, Black Panther 2, I fully expect that movie is going to get significantly delayed. Um, But as it stands right now, even if they took Black Panther 2 off, it means 2021 and 2022 are both going to be four movie years, which we've never had before. And some of these gaps, I mean, we're literally every 30 days going to have a new Marvel movie. And that doesn't even include that in that same time frame. And I don't know where they'll fit. We'll get WandaVision, Falcon, the Winter Soldier, Loki, What If, Miss Marvel, Hawkeye, um, She-Hulk, Moon Knight. Like, we're about to get to a point where we're going to finally have content. It's going to be weird that we've had basically two years of nothing. But then once we get it, it's going to hit hard and fast. I just can't imagine. I just can't imagine that it'll happen and what it'll be like. I'm assuming the dates aren't finalized. I would guess at this point the October date's going to be thrown away and removed because Spider-Verse 2 falls on that same date. Um, and Even though it's animated, I still don't see them. If it's Ant-Man 3, I mean, I would guess Ant-Man 3 might get that black panther 2 date or captain marvel 2 will pop up and then ant-man 3 will get the captain marvel 2 date um and we still don't know exactly where blade is because back in what was it august there was um some report of some new llc's filed and the one was called grass fed and charles murphy is saying he's had confirmation that that is the llc for blade hmm Super interested to uh, know why we haven't gotten anything on that. None of the fabled casting grids or writers or, or directors or, or anything. I would guess, I mean, I would guess to mean that's going to be something with Moon Knight, maybe. Um, but just to play it out as far as why... We just got a Captain Marvel 2 director, what, four weeks ago, five weeks ago? And that movie's scheduled for July of that year. So we should expect, if it's on the exact same timeline, we won't get a Blade director for another two months, right? Right, right, right. I mean, that the thing is, we're, we're, we're going to get a huge influx of news coming up. Because by, I mean, most signs point to them starting production on three more shows as soon as well next month in a week you know four or five weeks from now um so that means miss marvel that means moon knight some update on hawkeye man i don't know i'm not convinced hawkeye is actually something that's gonna happen i don't know why i have a really bad feeling about that show it's uh i think overall my thing is And I may be being wildly optimistic about all this stuff, right? But my general feeling is they're making things. Like, while we do not yet know when COVID is over for releasing products, they are now filming products. Like, Loki is currently being worked on. Falcon and Winter Soldier is being worked on. Like, 
it seems that Hollywood has gotten back into production, even if they haven't gotten back into distribution. And that means that there's going to be, if they keep up like they are, there's going to be a backlog of content that they're going to have to put out or they're going to want to put out all at, at once, it will feel like. I, I just think it's real possible, if things work as well as we hope, that the last six months of next year is just going to be like entertainment gluttony. There's going to be so much stuff like thrown onto our plates all at once, and we are all going to be bloated fat little pigs from it so and on timeline Fauci said this week that he's hopeful that we're going to see the first first doses of the vaccine by November and that we should have 700 million doses by the end of April Mm -hmm. that makes me hopeful that you know we can open up Black Widow in May even if they only get us like 60% vaccinated by say March I think that would be enough for Disney to pull the trigger particularly if New York and L.A. open up. Yeah, I, I, I think that's I mean, and that's where I said with what we know right now, I think May is safe. You know, they're in trials right now and it doesn't take much for a trial to go sideways. So I'm, I, like I'm the so one trial that I, turned everyone into zombies. I'm not getting okay. my hopes up. <laughs> right. I just read the CNN headline where everyone's getting like brain hemorrhages or whatever. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm not getting my head hopes up. And this isn't just the vaccines. I'm not getting my hopes up for anything more than a week away. <laughs> and in that case, even just within a week, like, who knows? Things could go sideways. <laughs> oh, all right. Um, all right, let's go to trailers. And we'll start with Hellstrom. Uh, this may not sound, this sounds weird, but Rhiannon, I'd love to start with you. What did you think of the content of the Hellstrom trailer? So... Was that the same show that we got the other trailer for? Because <laughs> apparently, I feel like I know this show now. I know what it's about. I'm interested. I've heard people talking about it now. I mean, the content of it, you know, I, I haven't used any of this time to get to know the characters or the Hellstrom story or anything, but I feel like I know a lot about it after this trailer. Now, it was a very long trailer, it was like two and a half minutes, but. I feel that that was a good move and that, that it did a good job. Was there anything in it that particularly, like, part of it that helped you, uh, I don't know, was interesting to you? Um, I mean, nothing specifically stood out to me. Um, but that's what I say, like, not knowing the characters, not knowing the property. Um, you know, I did at this point get the, that it's a family and they have the demonic-ish mother. And I, I got a feeling of what the journey and what the what the show is going to be about but nothing specific i think i really enjoyed the um the fact that there seems to be like a history or like mythos to it like the opening shots they're like in that sewer and there was like i don't know the like monster mummy or whatever that was down in the like down there and then they're like yeah that there's been this evil that's been kept under wrap for centuries there's something just that had a little more of uh I don't know, like mythic feel to it that I really enjoyed about that instead of just about like two kids that were born 20 years ago or now finding out their mom's evil. Like I just enjoyed that there was something that was more world building there. All right, Adam, I figured as far as content at Rihanna and I are best receivers of this content as new content to us. Uh, what are your feelings about 
how they market it. I mean, do you feel like that you definitely are much more happy about this one? I can tell. Yeah, no, this, like Rihanna said, it's a nine day difference between the two trailers. Um, I'm not sure if they were waiting on visual effects for certain shots or what. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, I like the second one much better. It was much, it's much, I think it's probably much more representative about what the show really is. Right? Because they've told us it's all horror and scary and spooky and and it has this this stuff with the demonic world building like you said and that's all stuff that um, was missing from the first trailer that was in the second trailer um we saw powers which is always reassuring when when you see powers um i think when you see a on. jeff Loeb show that officially shows powers that's very yes. good <laughs> um I, I I liked it. I liked it a lot more than it was now. And holy cow, Hulu must have quadrupled the marketing budget. Netflix put on any of its Marvel shows because Twitter's maybe I'm being targeted a lot because I'm the only one that uses the Hellstrom <laughs> hashtag. But I every time I open Twitter, there's a, a promoted video in my feed, and and I see the hashtag everywhere. So if if their targeting's on point, um, so at least there's that, and they're doing this cool animated series motion comic type thing. If you guys have seen that, um, you'll have to find the tweet and sign up for it. But if you uh, sign up for it, they're doing like this weekly reveal where it's like a uh, twenty or thirty second explainer video using like. Uh, animated figures to build out the story even more and it's narrated by caretaker um so that's a pretty pretty super dope thing that they're doing that you guys should check out um but yeah i like the trailer i liked uh the instant marketing push um as we've seen with um the world of streaming they don't market in advance you know like for amazon the boys trailers came out within a month of release netflix never releases trailers within what a week of release um so i think um i think a lot more i feel more comfortable about people seeing the show now than i ever have before because they're actually marketing adam do you have any more hope that this show will last past this season like it does seem odd that Hulu would spend this much time and effort on something that they think is totally dead in the water. It is not canceled. No matter what the scoopers say, it has not been canceled by Hulu yet. Um, so I have no reason to believe why it won't get a second season if the numbers are there, if the engagement's there, if if the audience is there. I, I wrote a piece on it last night why why it, it carries more weight. I really think... All right, so let's talk the trailer, right? The trailer doesn't show a single frame outside of the first four episodes. Let's, we'll, we'll just Allegedly. put that out there. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, and I think this show carries a lot more weight than most people think, right? We've seen... Bob Iger himself said that they're going to release R-rated content if they can adequately inform customers that it's R-rated, yet Marvel. 
And I think we're kind of seeing that in action here, um, which means removing the Marvel branding from some things. Darker, more serious stuff in comics outside of Guardians of the Galaxy and Goofy. Um, but like the Ghost Riders, the Moon Knights, um, obviously the Hellstroms, uh, Blades. Um, and there's a huge audience for it. We've seen it with Deadpool. We've seen it with Logan. We've seen it with the boys, especially. We've seen it with Joker. Um, there's an audience for it, and I just don't see Marvel giving up that just to have everything on Disney+. Plus. Can you imagine a Ghost Rider show on Disney+, Plus? the spirit of vengeance on Disney+, Plus? I don't know. It just doesn't seem something that, that would be on brand for that as a guy's face melts away as his headlights on fire you know well and also when you talk about all the adult content it would be remiss not to talk about the emmys this past week where the watchmen on hbo got a bunch of emmys Mm -hmm. a lot eight was it yeah seven or eight including best limited series best actor or supporting actor best actress yeah, so, I mean, you can't help but think that, that Disney wants some of that. And I totally, we always come back to this, Caleb. I totally understand Disney Plus is the focus, but for the life of me, I can't I can't see Hulu not wanting Marvel stuff. I don't, I didn't ever see Kevin Feige bringing in a character called Satana into the MCU anyways. So maybe it's not MCU and maybe they're just giving Hulu the rights to these characters. I mean, October 16th needs to get here so we can talk. You know, I think it's... Watch it. If you want more horror shows, if you want more dark and gritty shows, watch it. If you you want darker stuff, I mean, give give Hellstrom a shot. At least least tune into the pilot. You can't get pissed off when Marvel chooses to never do R-rated horror and not watch hellstrom i think ultimately it's really going to come down to what disney wants to do corporately because i think there's kind of one of two things that can happen here with the acquisition of fox and the acquisition of hulu disney can become a more diverse company that does more stuff than kind of their bread and butter which is pg-13 and below like four quadrant film kind of stuff or they can go, well, no, we don't make as much money on that stuff. And they could just liquidate and s- sell that off to somebody else or shut it down. And I do feel like they're a little bit in two minds. I know they own like FX and they own Hulu. I, I don't know if they're doing much with it, though. And I don't know if there's even a lot of vision out of Disney over what they want Hulu to be. And so it'll just be interesting to me corporately how they come through this process if they really do try to expand or at some point they go, that's not our wheelhouse. And they just try to spin it off and let it be its own thing. And see that here's where we get into a situation where believe it or not, DC and Warner brothers has just absolutely killed it. Rihanna would probably agree with me on this. If you could take a multiversal daredevil that keeps up the same tone on Hulu or Netflix, that would probably be, preference to a daredevil movie that's connected to the avengers right yeah absolutely and that's i mean we talked about that a lot on that 
talk daredevil podcast that the save daredevil crew is putting out i was in their their third episode talking about a lot of stuff like that yeah if we could have a separate universe and not have to connect i don't feel like the connectivity is the part of the story that keeps people in for those type of for your character driven shows um you know so so i don't mind that at all and i think if you're looking at drawing in you know, if you're looking to go for the awards route, if you're looking for the the stuff that everybody's going to be talking about and building up uh, to be the boys and to compete with Watchmen and to have that type of content, you're not going to get there. I mean, I know Baby Yoda got nominated for something at the Emmys, you know, but that was that was 2020 weirdness. I, you know, you're not going to be competing with these Emmy-type uh, shows. I, it, it won't be important in that world to keep that continuity. How about that? I would just say I'm I'm a little bit a different... Like, I just have a different sta- like feeling on it. I like the idea of a single, cohesive universe where there's one canonical story and you know what's in, you know what's out... I just, I like that, you know, like, that's right. But then where we run into the issues we're talking about with, with delays and stuff at this rate, this isn't the only pandemic we're going to have in our lifetime. Um, there's probably going to be one next year and and the year after that, knock it off. Come on, man. I'm not about to say it. I mean, (laughs) if the MCU wasn't like this, I mean, why they could be releasing stuff. It limits what you can do. I mean, you you can't have a world-level event every month, you know, with the frequency that these shows are coming out. And it be this one universe that everybody can relate to in some way. Um, I mean, yes, you can have some people out in space and, you know, world-level events in space. And you can have some events in the past and world level events in the past and all of that. And then you have a little bit of your storyline in the current day. But when you talk about wanting these big event type stories, you can only have so much of that and it all be connected and it not get too complex to keep together. I would also say, I'm not sure that Disney cares about Emmys that much just because if you look on the film side, When's the last time that anything out of Disney won major Oscars? I mean, they win occasional technical categories. I think that for better or for worse, Disney is a far more mercenary company that as long as they're making money, they don't care if it wins an award. They win, don't they win Best Animated Feature every other year. And they own Fox Searchlight now. That's another one, though, with Hulu. I don't know if they're going to keep that or if someday they just spin that off or sell it off. I just, it'll be interesting to me if Disney can stay interested in something like Fox, Fox searchlight or FX. Cause it's just so not their brand. I mean, I guess I just sort of assumed their brand would change when they bought all of the stuff that was not their brand, that it would expand. Right. I mean, Amazon was a bookstore. Um, and now they deliver me my groceries. So yeah, I gotcha. But I think a lot of the Fox deal was about, was about the library was about the ip and they'll keep they'll keep stuff like alien you know like because they can make a pg-13 alien movie and make money off it i just 
I just don't think because if you look at it historically, they used to have stuff like um, oh, was it Touchstone pick? Not Touchstone. Uh, there was a couple of like film, like Oscar award winning film studios that were under the Disney umbrella back in the nineties. That by two thousand ten, two thousand fifteen, they'd basically shuttered and given up on. So, They're, but they have to have adult stuff, man. If if they turn Deadpool into a PG thirteen movie where where Ryan Reynolds can only drop one f bomb and not slice people in half time and time again, that's going to be the worst decision Marvel Studios has ever made. That's including turning totally butchering characters like Ronan and Malekith, right? I mean, toning Deadpool down, it's going to be disastrous for the box office. It wouldn't be nowhere near as well-received as it was if it wasn't that stuff. And I understand his comics have always tilted PG-13 with the damn chimichanga jokes and stuff like that, but it is it is what it is now, you know? And now that it's out there, it's... There's, it's going to be incredibly disappointing if if they toned. Cause, I mean, that's the thing. Look at Joker's box office. Sure, there was some overlap between Joker and fans of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but Joker also got all of the DC fanboys and and edge lords that say all MCU movies um, look the same, and it still made a billion dollars. You know, I mean, sure, there's some overlap, but there's probably a lot more that's separate between the fandoms and i think that's something disney will capture um with the adult stuff i mean fx is still doing stuff fx is disney's hbo you know right i mean it's kind of disney's prestige television with with fargo and whatever the hell else they're doing um dev or whatever that show is called with ron swanson and I think if they find a way to make money doing it, they will. Um, they just strike me as a brand that has a particular recipe and they just keep cranking out that recipe as much as possible. That's why they still do the uh, parks and they still will do MCU movies. And then they can make stuff outside of the MCU that will cross over in Joe and Anthony Russo's Secret Wars in 2032, you know? Well, we'll all be dead by then. According to you, we're going to have a pandemic every year. <laughs> Probably, man, at this rate, yeah. That's why I can't wait uh, um, November, man. November's going to be a mess. I was about to say, I'm hoping the law of averages mean that I'm dead by the next pandemic, but I don't want to tempt fate and how that could be interpreted either. Right. So. Yeah. No. Let's talk about the WandaVision trailer. So that was the big news, uh, which you know, dropped literally 10 minutes after our podcast was posted. I think it's frustrating on the timing, but uh, we finally got a trailer for WandaVision. We think that it's going to come out around Thanksgiving. That hasn't been official, but somebody put that into the source code at some point at Disney plus, which is, we can have another discussion about searching source code for data. Nowadays, the scoopers really are not giving them any peace whatsoever. Uh, what do you guys think of the WandaVision trailer? Just to start out that conversation. Wow. I've watched it like five times. And I have no idea what is going on, but I'm ready for it. 
It was interesting to me because they keep talking about how many views it got. And I'm like, yeah, but I know I watched it like seven times. You know, it was a trailer right. that kind of begged to be like rewatched and decoded. So, yeah, it's a uh, I kind of think it's a, for me, at least it's kind of like a Tiger King scenario. Like I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it a hell of a lot more. Because I'm stuck indoors and trying not to get coughed on, you know? And we haven't got any Marvel stuff in six months. Or uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, which was six months ago, right? How far long ago was July? A year? I don't, I don't know. know. Two I don't know. <laughs> Seasons oh, are... Yeah. I, can't, I think it's spring now, right? Yeah, something like that. But... Uh... I, I liked it. That's not to say I didn't like it. It's it was super interesting and the content was super interesting and obviously they did the whole the whole Marvel route where we would pick it apart frame by frame. But yeah, I do think obviously it was exacerbated a bit because of a proper MCU drought. But they released it so it means it's probably mostly in the can or close to being it. And as you said, Adam, streaming has tended to not release trailers way ahead of time. Like we know Mando Season 2 is an October 30th drop, and they just revealed the trailer for that a week ago before this one. And so it seems to suggest that we're going to get this by the end of the year, um, which is awesome. I'm just so excited to actually have some Marvel content. (laughs) So then let's talk about that Indonesian trailer. It said October 30th, um, and it just seems very peculiar to me that they would release this in December with everything we've seen. It's based around trick-or-treating and Halloween. I know pre-COVID, um, it was originally a December release. But now that maybe it's done or it will be close to having a premiere done... I don't see why they couldn't drop both the Mando and WandaVision at the same time. At least just drop like a extended sneak peek maybe or the first episode. I know the argument is they're not going to ever run Star Wars and Marvel together. But we just got done talking about having 20 TV shows and 50 movies in production. So at some point, if Disney Plus is even going to consider expanding their catalog, they're going to have to have these shows run concurrently yeah i have a couple theories on that though theory one is the halloween scenes i think are in a particular flash like a particular era i think it's probably the like fifth or sixth or last of the sitcom shows and it's supposed to be like a 2000 era single single camera comedy kind of send up which suggests an October 30th date I don't think helps you because it's still going to be five or six weeks later before we finally get those Halloween scenes. I could be wrong, but that's just my guess. Uh, and that's assuming that each episode is going to have its own like sitcom feel and they're not going to do all the sitcoms in an hour or whatever. Um, but second of all, I think the Indonesian trailer just accidentally put on a video asset for Mando and they spliced it onto that trailer. 
So like I'm sure they have a little file on theirs that was like the Mando Disney trailer or Disney Plus out, uh, outro that happened to have October 30th on it. And instead of a generic Disney Plus outro, they put the Mando Disney Plus outro. That to me is a very logical way about how that would slip out. True, or it was a leak, and um, it got out before Marvel could, uh, Marvel and Disney's PR teams could completely formulate their plan or had their plan formulated. It was most likely a leak, or not a leak, uh, a mistake. Um, well, and this will come out weekly, right? Yep. Yeah. And it seems like, you know, like... From what we can tell, this one's going to be more than six episodes. It may be that it's like 12, but it's only half hour episodes instead of hour episodes. Like, I've seen a couple of things that suggest to me this show is not going to be the straight up six episode template that they seem to be talking about for other shows. I mean, I don't think I would want to see them do one like sitcom per episode and then the last six episodes or last three hours is an actual present timeline. Or whatever, man. I think that would get exhausting. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I was... I mean, I think it's great. We did see um, a little bit of Catherine Hahn's character, who, according to the subtitles, is named Agnes, which is interesting because there's this character, Agatha Harkness, in the comics. You can see how Agatha Harkness becomes Agnes. You know, like, that could be very interesting and I think people would like to see her. Uh, and there was also similarly, she's related to, uh, oh, what's her name, Adam? Is it Bovia? The, Bova. The cow, Bova, the cow lady. There was like a picture of a cow in the background that kind of played off of that. So, Who um, has ties to the high evolutionary? So we will, we will say, I am not sold on uh, Catherine Hahn being uh, Agatha yet. She's given me two much of a villain vibe um to be agatha harkness who kind of straddles the line but she probably leans more good than evil i'm not um convinced she's not nightmare especially how she has access to this pocket dimension or alternate reality so so that's the other thing i don't think what wanda creates is the multiverse. I don't think she's not in another realm or another dimension, right? I think she's... Because the pixely stuff. You know, when uh, Monica Rambo gets kicked out, we see the, the pixelated effect, which means I don't think... See, the way I see it, She's taken over a small town somewhere in like suburban America and there's like a dome of her influence around it and everything in it is being like changed or masked according to what she wants it to look like. And that's why S.W.O.R.D. is showing up because they literally have thousands of Americans who are being held hostage in Wanda's nightmare. I'll just be excited to see it. Uh, I I did particularly like, I felt like that one line with Agnes when she's dressed up as a witch, which to me is also potentially foreshadowing for who her character is, where she looks at Vision and she goes, am I dead? And he goes, why would you say that? And she goes, because you are. Like, there was just a proper amount of, like, ominous uh, Mm -hmm. feeling to that. And there's just so many things that were like, 
this is not right. This is this is disturbing. This is uh, it continues to make me think we're just gonna go into like, ugh, Wanda is a problem, you know. I mean, it's very clearly setting up the MCU's House of M, which is another Brian Michael Bendis book, which, um, if you don't know, is the writer solely responsible for the creation of the MCU. Um, <laughs> so, uh, we'll see. I mean, so honestly, yeah, it's it's going to be their House of M. And after seeing this stuff... Uh, Wanda probably is responsible for the creation of mutants and whatever else they want to bring in. Probably in humans too. Um, Did you see the House of M uh, wine, wine bottle? bottle. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and that's the scene where she's talking to Mister and Missus Hart, which I don't understand as captured people in a city. I understand that as her manifestations of her actual heart. She's speaking with her heart and wondering with herself why she doesn't have kids or what have you. So that's why I think this is all in Wanda's head somehow. And Monica Rambo was getting kicked out of Wanda's face. Out of Wanda's or some, face. <laughs> no, some pocket dimension that resides within wanda's head and her mental breakdown is what creates the rip in the multiverse which leads directly into because i was what's sword gonna do with this witch the most powerful character in the mcu sword's gonna fail and monica rambo and and darcy lewis and this this other scoop that charles murphy had with the with the guy in the tie they're not gonna stop it so they're gonna eventually lose and the multiverse is gonna rip open and dr strange is gonna pop up in the the last episode and go well what the hell you know according to other rumors we saw this week tom cruise as iron man is gonna like zoom in right well that was the yeah that's for dr strange too tom cruise and uh i saw someone else who was it um yeah i don't know tom cruise as iron man well we'll see I do think all of this sets up really interesting. Even in this episode of the podcast, we talked about, oh, they could be setting up House of M. Oh, they could be setting up Secret Invasion. Oh, they might be setting up like this big multiverse thing. Oh, they could be setting up Secret Wars. Like the reality is they seem to be launching into a whole lot of big storylines that don't all fit together. And so like how this thing is going to like work. So that particularly with Kang coming in Ant-Man 3, like, it's just real interesting to see. It's fun how it's like going everywhere at once, but I also worry that it's going everywhere at once. You know, like mm-hmm. it kind of was nice in the first three phases of the MCU that there was like a driving like story. You know, that's so as bad as the delays are. It's the perfect timing that the first thing we get proper post end game. Um, is going to set up the MCU for the next however long. You know, I really think WandaVision is the beginning to everything that's to come, including the X-Men, the Fantastic Four, Kang, um, Guardians 3, um, what have you. But, uh, 
Yeah, I'm super interested in what you see. And in classic Marvel fashion, we know nothing about the actual storyline. And it launches all these theories and hypotheses. I think it's hard because I think it's the one we were most excited about. But it feels hard to even talk about because it was a perfect Marvel trailer. And it gave us so much to think about and analyze. But yet so little plot to be able to actually pull apart, you know. Right, that's all we can do is just um, theorize and analyze, which we're going to do between now and October, November, or December. And if they run this right, we're going to have, I think, an awesome weekly discussion about like, okay, last week we watched WandaVision and this happened. What do you think is next? Like, I feel like this show has a lot of potential, like a lost where you watch it and you get more clues and then for a week the fan community like debates and creates theories and you know really has like that group experience and then you get another episode and some people are proven wrong and some people are proven right and then you come back to the drawing board like I think that's going to be a really fun thing for us as a podcast and for viewers in general as this show rolls out right 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 and that's why more and more people are switching away from the binge model I'm not sure Netflix ever will, but it, it helps the weekly release totally helps create that event programming, man. We've seen it with everything HBO's put out since ever, you know, Game of Thrones. Um, so, yeah, they'll, I, I would be very surprised if they dropped the, the Disney Plus stuff all at once. Uh, let me jump on to the mailbag real quickly. Uh, last week's episode, Love Waffle was uh, talking about Kang, and we talked a little bit about Kang and the Fantastic Four. But he just had that helpful reminder that uh, maybe Kang doesn't have anything to do with the Fantastic Four because Ultron has always been deeply connected to Hank Pym. And we got a version of Ultron that had nothing to do with Hank Pym, so that's a possibility in the MCU. Um, and also, and then Dave said, yeah, it could be that some of this, the, the multiverse stuff with Loki will allow for things to become very different as well. So that's interesting. Um, I didn't see too much stuff on Twitter. I know I got, uh, we got a PM, I think from uh, Matt Turner toad showing us some AFL stuff that was like Marvel related, which is kind of cool to me. Uh, but that's cause I like weird sports from other countries. Uh, but I think that's all the major stuff I saw. We do keep getting tagged by like other podcasts doing things, which I never totally understand. I guess we're just such, you know, senior figures in the podcasting game that people want to allude to us. <laughs> well, but good luck to those people. Yes. I hope you have fun doing your podcasts. Exactly. Yes. If you if you need our help with promotion, you may be in trouble. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh. Anyways, I think that's all I've got. Thanks for listening to the podcast, guys. Um, you can uh, support us on Patreon if you'd like. Patreon.com slash Marvel News Desk. Thanks uh, to Alvin and Tim for the theme music and our logo and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and thanks for listening to the show. We'll see you guys later.